Do you long to walk where Jesus walked, sail the Sea of Galilee, and sit under the olive trees in the Garden of Gethsemane? Then join me and Bible teacher Carol McLeod in Israel, March 27th through April 5th, 2023. We would love to have you. Find out more details at angeladonadio.com. Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donadio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I can't wait for you to meet my very special guest today. I have to be honest. I just finished reading his book and maybe more than just about any other guest that I've had, his story deeply resonated with me. If you have listened to the podcast or read any of my books, you know that I have been a survivor of two near-death health crises, and I've gone on to be the adventure junkie that most of you know me as and love to travel, love to try new experiences, and have even climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And it's not every day that you get to talk to someone who has had so many of the same experiences. So when I read his book, I just knew that I wanted to talk directly to JT Jester. By the time JT was three years old, he had spent 250 days in the hospital, and he endured 16 major surgeries before he was 16. Now JT is an adventure enthusiast, he's a successful motivational speaker, he's an influential podcast host, and he's the author of multiple books, including the one that we're going to talk about today, No Bad Days. JT is here to share the incredible story of how he overcame what seemed like insurmountable odds and some of the many invaluable lessons that he has learned. Welcome, JT. I feel like I'm meeting my brother from another mother today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and be able to share a little bit of our journey because we have some very similar times in our lives and and uh, some similar adventures we've been on. So I'm I know, excited. It's, it's crazy. I know I'm too old to be your, I don't know what I am. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not your, I'm too old to be a sister, no. maybe a mother. I don't know what I am, but I don't <laughs> no. get to talk to a lot of people that have had this level of health crisis. I feel like what you went through, you went through very early where mine manifested a little bit later in life. And then the result of that is just this insatiable desire that I think we both carry to squeeze all the juice out of life, as I sometimes say, yeah. to make life matter. And that's included adventure for you and traveling the world. So you share this similar love that I have. So before we kind of dive into your story, you know, tell us why adventure and travel has become such an interest for you. Yeah. So, you know, that's an awesome question because it, you know, it's like, where does this adventure side of me come from? Because mm. the first several years of my life and many more than that even, but we're medically, uh, medical times for us. But um, I have to say, I think that it comes from my passion and love that I've realized that being in mother nature and being in God's country, wherever that might be, might be here in our backyard in Detroit for me, mm. or it might be uh, in Colorado climbing mountains for me, but I've been blessed to be able to have these experiences and to get into mother nature and, and enjoy, uh, nature itself. And mm. just realizing that, you know, nature for me 
is something that allows me to kind of forget about the naysayers in life. Um, you know, throughout the medical side, the education journey, there's been people that have said, you know, that's not going to be possible or you're not going to be able to achieve this or do that. And we all have those in life. Yeah. But in my life, I've been able to uh, escape that and, and just enjoy every minute of life and, uh, and what God's created. And I do that through adventure. That makes sense. And, and something about being outside, pushing your limits, challenging yourself. I encourage people to try new things. I've been traveled. I, I need to write down. I've lost count of well, how many countries I've traveled to and people kind of like you're traveling again, but there is something about it. It enlarges you. It enlarges your capacity of what you hold. And I think for you, as you're speaking to say, listen, I can not only kind of control the narrative of what these naysayers would say, but you're also challenging yourself constantly. And really you showed this grit JT and determination to make <laughs> life matter. It's all throughout your book. I loved your book. I thought it was such a, thank you a, a, at times, very touching at times, very inspiring, compelling us to challenge ourselves. And you've gone from these insurmountable health challenges, which we're going to talk about. And now you're an experienced mountaineer, which I am not an extreme skier. No, you are. Voter. <laughs> you're doing all these crazy you, things. You, you too. So let's talk, it. let's talk about, and I know I'm kind of working backwards. I'm starting with these wild adventures that you've had, because yeah. I think if people hear this, when they hear your story, JT, and they understand the, the odds that you have overcome, it makes these these challenges that you have faced and these literal mountains that you've conquered even more impacting and significant. So let's talk about the shared experience that we have had of climbing yes. Mount Kilimanjaro, Africa's tallest <laughs> mountain. I did not summit. I stayed just shy of it at base camp. Um, I had my altitude sickness was too high. So our doctors pulled some of us back, but it was still an extraordinary life-changing experience. So talk about this for us because it's not every day we get to talk to someone who's scaled a mountain like Killy and it was very unique for you in a number of ways. So what was this like for you, JT? And why was this so yeah. important for you to climb it? Yeah. So, you know, for me, I climbed this coming out of college. So mm -hmm. in uh, 2018, when I graduated, I had a, a, a family friend of ours who, um, well, he's more than a family friend of ours now. And he's like, he's a big role model for me and he has taught me so much. Um, and his name's Ladislav and his wife, Martina, they happen to be from the Czech Republic and, uh, they're huge mentors of mine and they've just taught me to love and have a passion for the outdoor, whether that's climbing mountains, skiing is where we first met each other and, uh, started our adventures together and then hunting, ice climbing, mountaineering, all sorts of things like that. And so Lottie said to me, he said, JT, what is something that you want to do when you graduate college, that would be a goal challenge to set. And, uh, I said, Lottie, it'd be really cool to climb a mountain and mm. not just, not just a mountain here in Colorado, just something a little bit more. And so we set out to do Kilimanjaro and, uh, and so Lottie and Martina, um, you know, they, we'll get into more of the medical side of things, but Martina happens to be a nurse, which is amazing, mm, which yeah. comes into play later on. But um, with this journey, I have a medical procedure that I have to do every day. Mm. And this procedure uh, causes me to have to 
uh, I don't have bowel control. So I have to use the bathroom using this procedure. And we call it my glorified enema or treatment. So as we're heading up, well, as we're getting ready to do this expedition, we spent some time in Colorado training Mm. and climbing 14ers there and spending the night on them to acclimatize. And then from there, we set out to Tanzania to um, the base of Mount Kilimanjaro. And as you know, it's an incredible mountain with just so many different um, uh, climates and and different, uh, you know, going from the rainforest to desert to alpine, all sorts of different uh, climates that you go through. And so when we got there, we met up with our team, or as I call to them and refer to them as, as my tribe. Mm. And, uh, and I talk a lot about how important your tribe is in my book, No Bad Days, and specifically through this adventure. And so as we get out there and we um, start heading up the mountain, um, the first day went very well, did my treatment and spent the night on the mountain, woke up the following morning, and we did a route called Umbe Route. And it's kind of like a single track up the mountain. And so the following day, we uh, made it to our next base camp. And as you know, you hike for like several hours in the day, but then you have a lot of hours to kind of chillax and acclimatize and stuff. And so um, we would usually get there, do my medical procedure, and then just enjoy the company of the people we are with and the Mm -hmm. scenery and, uh, and, and take lots of notes and stuff. And then the following day would be the day that we would go to an elevation that I'd never been to yet. So the highest I'd been to prior to this was 14,500 and some feet on Mount Elbert. And, uh, Mount Elbert is the tallest 14er in Colorado mm. and a 14er is a 14,000 foot mountain. Um, and there's 52 of them. They say there's maybe a few more of them, but wow. in Colorado and, uh, and so we had, we had started our expedition that morning and climbing up the mountain. And I looked down at my GPS and it said 14,500. It said the exact elevation. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that's wild that I looked down at that exact moment. And from there about 30 to 40 minutes later, I started to get a headache. Hmm. And Angela, I think you know this well with when it comes to altitude sickness, that was the first sign of, okay, there's possible altitude sickness starting. So um, when I noticed that, um, we ended up stopping at that point and and taking a break and uh, breathing and getting as much oxygen in and um, doing this process that we actually train, did a little training in it's called Wim Hof Hmm. and it's a breathing technique and actually cold water exposure, but we just were doing the breathing side of things and it actually alleviated my headache quite a bit. Hmm. And so we continued on and we made it to 16,000 feet where we'd set up camp for the night. And this would be our last base camp on our trek up. So we, uh, got there and I did my treatment and this treatment, uh, did not go as, as planned as it mm-hmm. should have gone. And, um, and so I went to bed that night early because our next morning was our Alpine start where we'd start 
at about four o'clock in the morning and start heading up the mountain to the summit. And so I went to bed and um, was just hopeful I felt better in the morning. And next morning, my, our team, our tribe came by and, and woke me up and, and woke us all up and said, let's get going. We mm-hmm. threw our helmets on and we started up. And as we got to this one section, um, it was this time of year was October and typically in October, the glaciers have moved out of there for the most part, but these glaciers were still there. And these were, you know, when you think of a big glacier, these were sort of big slabs of ice that came down the mountain and typically they melt off at this elevation and, uh, and stuff and move. Well, since they were there, we had to cross this for 30 to 40 foot section of ice, mm-hmm. um, with several feet, you know, thousand feet below us. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so it's we as got terrifying it. as it sounds, just in case you're wondering, listening, <laughs> yep, it's just as terrifying as it sounds. So we, we crossed this section and our guide, Simon looks at us and says, all right, guys, we can't turn around anymore. We have to make it to the summit and go down the night, you know, the other way, yeah. um, because of the glaciers and, and the ice there and didn't want to have to go back through that. And so we, um, kept going and about 45 minutes later to an hour, um, I started to realize that I was getting what I call a hot stomach mm. and with my medical stuff, it becomes, I get bloated and extended and, yeah. and, and I know that I, I got a little bug of some sorts going on. Well, as you can imagine, what comes with that is, is the, the rest of the story. And, yeah. uh, and then the altitude sickness came quick because of the dehydration of that. Sure. And so then it's coming out of both, both sides of me <laughs> and, uh, to, to, and with that, um, we continued on, we had to push on and keep going and did crawling you think up about, the mountain. Did, did you think about stopping at that point, JT, or did you, so we, we stopped for breaks and stuff, but we, uh, you know, we knew that we had to make it up to get back down. Yeah. Um, is you were kind so, of past the point of no return at that point, yeah. right? Like there's well, a point well, where you've got to keep going. You, you really totally. have nowhere to go, but, but up. Yeah. And we're only a couple, um, we're only a couple hours technically from the summit. So it's really not that was not that bad. And if we were health, if I was healthy, we would have been there sooner. But, yeah. I see what you mean. But we uh, made pressed on and continued and I had a backpack on and it came a point where I was just so drained that uh, the guides were like, we have to take your backpack so we can keep moving. So I gave my backpack up and that was something that was kind of really hard for me. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. if I'm doing this, I want to be able to do it with everything that I started with. And, uh, and so we pushed on and we got to a point where we could see the summit. And so we, uh, the adrenaline and the excitement just kicked in and this like spiritual feeling of like, just, I mean, I was emotionally crying and everything and do it with these two people. Well, all the people that we did with our whole tribe, but with Lottie and Martina, it was a really special moment. Hmm. And it was something that I never thought I'd be able to do. And so we made it to that, that Kilimanjaro summit sign and got our pictures and the adrenaline and everything uh, was so overwhelming that I didn't even feel sick anymore. Well, 
we headed down the mountain from there and the, uh, the sickness did come back and we, uh, we, we ended up naming it throwing up with a smile because every couple hundred yards I'd throw up and I'd stand back up and keep running down the mountain. And cause we were trying to get off the mountain that day. So, um, we, uh, we, we successfully made it to the summit, but, um, as you know, the altitude sickness and the, just the challenge of that mountain was spectacular. It was a challenge in itself. And, um, but I have to say the, 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 one of the coolest parts of the experience was the tribe, the people around us, the enthusiasm, the joy, the happiness, the love for the mountain yeah, and for what God created there in Africa yeah, and to be able to experience that. But that tribe of people, those, those guides, um, you know, one of them had a, a bag with him the whole way up. And we were on a single track all the way up. And we said, well, what's that for that mesh bag? And he said, it's to pick up trash. Hmm. And we got to the top of the mountain and uh, on the way down, I realized why he had that. Cause it was a little bit more heavy trafficked area and there was trash hmm. and he was picking up trash along the way. And I just realized, you know, his love, this is his livelihood. This is his love. This what provides for his family, this mountain and he's taking care of it and he's taking care of, you know, mm. part of God's country. And, uh, and it was really a cool experience to see what those people did for us. And they're the true heroes. They I mean, really they, are. You're right. Yeah. They, they do so much work to get, to get you to experience that part of the mountain and, and, uh, and to do that. So, and you did um, it in four days. I mean, I'm reading your book and I'm like, what in the world we did it in six. And I thought that was short, which yeah, is like seven is. to nine, but yeah. four is just almost unheard of. So guys, if you are not familiar with, you know, climbing or hiking and, you know, indulge me for a minute, because this is extraordinary. Number one, what JT has done, you know, to even climb Killy to climb it with, what you've been through in your life, even what you're going through on the mountain. I think many other people would have turned back, but the, the level of perseverance and resilience that you've developed all your life, I think enabled you to kind of push past where other people would say, okay, that that's enough. I've had enough. I'm going to stop here. And so it's inspiring on so many different levels, but you're right. I mean, that's even just to do it so quickly is, <laughs> is really unbelievable. Wow. Well, it was, it was an awesome bucket list item to do <laughs> and just to, just to be there and experience the culture and everything. Yeah, that's so true. But in, in the book, you know, I talk about the tribe and I talk about how we all have our challenges and this mountain was a, a fun challenge. Yes, there was some medical side of it too. Um, but you know, we all have our challenges in life and no bad days talks about individuals and their challenges and their adversities in life and how they've gotten through them yeah. um, on a spiritual level and on, you know, a perseverance level and by having the right team in place to get them through. Yeah, I agree. And if you're watching, you can see his demeanor, his countenance, it's, it's positive. It's uplifting. And JT, that really comes through in, in your voice in the book. It's, I felt that sense of the positive approach that you bring no bad. There are no bad days, only hard ones. And, but that's a perspective that you're choosing. And so that's a challenge to us to say, listen, maybe it's a physical, you know, situation people are facing, or maybe they're insurmountable odds that they're overcoming our financial relational, whatever they might be. 
you know, thousands and thousands of people struggling with mental health issues coming out of the pandemic that can feel like overwhelming, insurmountable odds. And so what JT is encouraging us, and I, I, I encourage you to get the book, No Bad Days, because you're, it's not just about, that's literally only one chapter. What we just talked about with Killy is literally only one chapter <laughs> of this extraordinary life that JT has lived and continuing to live. So I want to talk a little bit about what the medical ex, you know, experience that you have been yeah. through, JT. It's, it's very rare. You were born with a life-threatening, what's called Vader, V-A-T-R. Now it's been morphed a little bit to be renamed syndrome. I was diagnosed with SMA syndrome, superior mesenteric artery syndrome, much later in life. But when you deal with these kind of rare disorders like you and I have, it, number one, it takes a long time to diagnose. That can be challenging. It also takes a tribe, like you've said, to advocate, mm-hmm. to believe in you. Your parents were part of that tribe, which I want to lean into. But tell us a little bit about your story and why yeah. some of these things that we've talked about, like climbing Killy, really just are such amazing testaments of, of your perseverance. Yeah, well... Um, you know, the, the title, no bad days comes from those days in the hospital. Um, mm. my dad actually leaned over my hospital bed one time and said, GT, I'm sorry, you're going through this. And I, I turned to him and I said, dad, it's, you know, he was showing me sympathy for the pain and discomfort that I was in. And he was, you know, felt bad as a father. Mm. And uh, I said, dad, it's okay. You know, there, there are no bad days. There's only hard days and we mm. get through them. And I think that was the good Lord talking through me, but, um, but we, we pushed on and, uh, and, but my journey started at birth and, uh, I was born with Vader's or vectoral syndrome. And it's a syndrome that affects, uh, from your GI system, from the top of your esophagus, all the way down to your anus. And, uh, and for me, I had no motility. I was born with what they call imperforated anus and tracheoesophageal fistulas. And so at birth, I was expected to be a healthy baby, but, uh, but my parents, uh, and doctors were surprised and, but they put me back together and, um, you know, my esophagus was the first thing taken care of, uh, and those tracheoesophageal fistulas are endless pathways that don't, uh, align to your stomach. And so those were taken care of early on. And then I had a colostomy for the first few years of my life. Mm. And then um, the fixing of the rest of my GI system came throughout the following years and continually we, you know, have checkups and work on things, but um, vectoral syndrome can affect more than just your GI system. It's an acronym for uh, actually all the aspects of vectoral, Mm. Um, but that goes from limb deformities to heart problems to the GI system to spinal cord. Um, and for me, I only had a few of these things and was blessed, uh, to only have a few, but, um, but the, the GI was the main source of things that needed to be taken care of. And then as I grew, uh, other things came along, um, tethered spinal cord and, uh, resectioning of my colon, the colostomy was reversed and, and so on and so forth. But the medical journey uh, was sort of those early years. I, you know, I think you said at the intro here how I had 16 surgeries before the age of 16. Mm. And then um, I had my tethered spinal cord surgeries uh, later on in life, because as I was growing, my spinal cord um, was attached to my sacrum nerves. And so the, the 
the spinal cord was pulling on those nerves and mm-hmm. causing different issues from uh, numbness in my legs and limps, limping and uh, bladder loss of bladder control and, mm-hmm. and all sorts of different things. But was very blessed because back to our tribe, um, I had amazing doctors that were able to put me back together and and get me to where I'm at and uh, allow me to enjoy and have pa- passions that I do um, in exploring in nature. And in No Bad Days, you know, it talks about my medical journey. It talks about Kilimanjaro, but it really highlights how we all have a story and we all have a story to share. And and it talks about all these different people and how they've gotten through, whether it's uh, the loss of a loved one, medical education challenges, and, uh, and how, they, how they've done it and how they've done it with a, a great attitude and outlook on life. But, uh, but the adventures have been definitely my way to enjoy life and, and enjoy my time with God. But uh, I have to ask you, Angela. Yeah. What do you, do you think with some of your medical stuff that it has caused you have a greater passion for those adventures? Oh, a hundred percent. And I think you have a greater appreciation, like even you noticing the porter picking up trash. I think you start to see things in greater, you're more, you're great, grateful. Not that anyone who hasn't been through a challenge isn't grateful, but I think living with that kind of gratitude under understanding that you've really been given this gift for me anyway, it's, I feel like I've been more attentive to detail. It's kind of like stuff is in more 3d color for you. And you just are, you want to soak that all in. You want to see what's causing someone else to live life that way. Not only your story, like you said in the book, but so many others, and I'm not done. And I'm sure Killy will not be your last adventure. I'm sure as you're talking, <laughs> you've already got your sight sets on some other things. And just the fact that you, you're writing your story, you're sharing your story. You have these amazing values, like learning to fall and everyone's story matters. And when you talk about your tribe, let's pause there for a minute. Cause I'd like to know JT, you mentioned your doctors, you have an amazing, extraordinary team as I've had yeah. with, with issues. And we can't, we would be remiss to not say how blessed we are to have amazing doctors in our care, but you also had parents as I did my husband. I was, you know, much older than you at that point. Yeah. And your parents were advocates because what you didn't touch on is you also dealt with learning differences. You were labeled early on. You, you were severely dyslexic, struggled to read and write labeled illiterate. I mean, you're an author. I mean, let's just think about that for a second. I mean, there were so many numbers points along the way, a number of things that you could have said, all right, I guess this is just my lot in life. And your parents seemed so instrumental JT and, and never taking no for an answer. And uh, so talk about that for a little bit and how that could encourage maybe a parent who's listening to say, my child's not going through everything JT is, but we're having our own challenges how can you help a parent to know what best encourages their children as they're walking through challenges? Totally. So, um, like you said, you know, I always, I always, you know, the advocate side of things, right. But I always say that the, the, uh, you know, the caretaker has it the hardest, um, you know, the person going through the medical thing, yeah, it's tough and it's tough physically, but uh, the caretaker emotionally and so many aspects of that too. Yeah. And especially for a, young child, right? You have, you have all the decisions lay on you and stuff too. And so 
I've been blessed to, you know, have my amazing parents and what they have done for me, um, and family. But, uh, but, you know, I think one of the greatest things that they did have done for me is that they have never said, no, they have never said, JT, you can't do that. JT, Mm. you shouldn't do that. Um, it actually reminds me of a, a, a story. I mean, this plays out in everything, Kilimanjaro being one of them, but I had just had tethered spinal cord surgery and, uh, we were at a place where we were placed in Africa and, uh, and between Zambia and Zimbabwe. And there's a bridge there where you can go bungee jumping. And my, my mom and dad, we were there with some friends and the friends and the kids were a little older than me. And they were all doing this bungee jumping. Well, I had just had spinal cord Uh. surgery, uh, you know, a year ago before that, but, um, but my mom and dad were like, you know, don't say no. We'll let them say no to him. He's too short. He doesn't weigh enough. You know, he, he, you know, they, they're not going to let him do it. So we get to the counter and, and they, you know, you look at the, this, this, the, uh, how the tall height, I am compared yeah, to the, the height the, and yeah. And the height requirement and, uh, and the guys there, they go, uh, that'll be so-and-so dollars. No. <laughs> they didn't care about the, everything. So my mom and dad had to probably think real quick, like, how do we say no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, luckily for me, you know, the spinal cord side of things, I was very safe. Um, my spinal cord um, and stuff. And so we, my mom and dad, they they did let me do it. And mm. those adventures, um, you know, throughout life, not just that, but, uh, you know, going to a friend's house or, you know, those were some things that were kind of, you know, going to dinner with another family, you know, I was dyslexic. I didn't know how to read. I didn't know where the men's room was compared to the women's room. And mm-hmm. for someone with, you know, stomach problems, yeah. <laughs> I needed to know those things. And so, um, you know, I think the, one of the biggest things is of course with caution and stuff too, but being able to, uh, allow, you know, your loved ones, your children and whoever to, to explore and be able to do, um, advent, you know, things that, you know, they want to do, but with caution, of course, and making sure it is within safe parameters. But, um, but I have been blessed to, to really live a life of, of a normal, healthy child. And and I am very healthy now, which I'm very blessed to be. Mm. And so, yeah, but the education side of things, you know, was another area that I struggled. And it uh, was, you know, a time where we were focused on the medical side of things. But we came to a point where I was, you know, falling so much behind in school that Mm. uh, we would have, you know, I'd have, you know, tutoring, and I'd have all these different reading programs that I was trying. And by the time I got to fifth grade, I had what they call an IEP, and this helped out with, you know, tutors, this helped out with private or quiet uh, rooms for testing or a reader for my tests. And this was a time that, uh, you know, the medical kind of got set aside. And the reason for this was because one of those naysayers in my life said, you know, JT, you'll, you won't be able to attend the school you're at anymore because you're not able to keep up with the other kids. Mm. Well, 
that uh, that moment was a huge changing moment. It was actually the headmaster of the school who told me this. And at the end of the day as a fifth grader, and so I ran home and I laid on the kitchen floor, you know, hitting the floor and crying and telling my mom, all I want to be able to do is read and write like every other kid. Mm. And with that, my mom and dad being, you know, the advocates that they are, they, they, and myself searched for a program that would work Mm. and the good Lord put that program into our life, literally God's timing, right. When that, that happened to me. And so we ended up leaving that school I was at and going to this new program in, in really, uh, this program was at a school in Denver and spending the time there and being able to really, uh, bring me up to the reading level I needed to be at. Mm. Well, from there I'll fast forward, but middle school, I was actually homeschooled in the program. And then I actually went back to the school that said I couldn't go to school there anymore. And the administration had changed and everything, but, you know, I look at that moment where I was told JT, you know, you can't come to school anymore because you're dumb basically is the Mm -hmm. label I'm going to put on me. Um, But if it wasn't for that moment, even though that moment was so challenging at the time, but looking back at it, if it wasn't for that gentleman in, in my life, I wouldn't have been able to reach the successes that I've reached now. And so, you know, sometimes you are going to fall and you have to figure out how to pick yourself back up and have those people in your life to pick your, pick you back up as well. But, um, it might not always be pretty at the moment, but looking back at it, it's, you know, one of the best, best things that could have happened too. Wow. What a great, again, perspective. What a great perspective you have to be like, even these moments that were so painful at the time, were just a part of the tapestry that God was weaving. I'm, I'm thinking as, as we're listening, JT, who are the naysayers in our life? It could be an actual person. Sometimes it's the limitations we put on ourselves it's a, it's a word that's been spoken of us that becomes a label. I'm too dumb. I'm too this. I'm too short. I'm too, I'm a woman. I'm whatever. I'm the wrong race. I'm the wrong this, you know, we put labels. Sometimes they're imposed on us by others. Sometimes they're self-imposed, but what you're sharing with us is listen, find a sense of community around you, a tribe that's going to respect your limitations, but also push you and push your boundaries I push yeah. my own boundaries. Usually I've got to find the limitations of people around me be like, oh, that's enough. You know, my husband's a great balance, <laughs> but I, I love the fact that you're not doing this in a vacuum. We're not going to live life. If we want our lives to really matter, especially for the kingdom, let's do this in tandem with other people, you know, and, and God will help us to find our tribe. If you're listening guys and you're thinking, well, I didn't have that kind of encouragement from my parents, ask God to bring the people in your life that are going to help you peel off whatever labels you might be wearing and, and to embrace a new perspective. Really? That's what JT has done um, early on. And you're, you're pretty honest in your book. There's some times where you just laid your head against the wall and thought, I can't believe I have to have another surgery. I remember saying those same words to my husband. I cannot believe I'm going to have to have another surgery. And it's a, if you haven't walked that path, it's, it's tough, especially if you already know what that recovery has felt like and you have to do it yeah. again and you've got to yeah. like pull yourself back up and, and rally everything you need to do it. So life continues to be difficult. And you say at one point, well, it threw lemons again. So how am I going to make <laughs> lemonade again? And it sounds cliche, but 
whether you've come out of pandemic, whether you're fighting relational odds, whatever they might be, this whole episode is about overcoming insurmountable odds. And so we want to encourage you find a tribe. Don't let labels define you. You know, yes, we all have our limitations, but at the same time, God wants us to be stretched. You talk about stretching yourself in the book. You talk about listening. Well, you talk about how learning to fall even helps us to know how yeah. to move forward. So there's so many, I don't want to share the whole book because I want you guys to, buy <laughs> it. but well, I ask you a couple of last questions. Yes. Um, you talk a lot about kindness and you are such a kind person, JT. It comes through in the way that you see the world. And the way that you write, even your, your willingness to share so many other people's stories in your book. And you say this, I, I fear kindness has become a forgotten trait among us humans. So JT, why do you think people aren't kind and why is this so critical for you that it runs through all of the core values you talk about? Yeah. I mean, I think kindness is the most needed thing right now in our society. I mean, you look at what's going on around the world right now. You look what's going on in our country, the, the division of different, you know, areas of our country and our world. And, you know, one of the things is, is, you know, that I think brings us all together and, and, uh, hopefully brings us all together is, uh, is our, our belief in the, in our, our savior and, and Jesus Christ. And, uh, and I think that, you know, that is the true testament of kindness and, and understanding that his love for us and each and every one of us and his love for each and every one of us is equal. And, mm. and he forgives us for, you know, our, our sins and, and that we can all come together with kindness and be able to push on and, and have great success. I mean, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of evil out there and bad things that go on. Um, but you notice that where the kindness lays, the success grows. Ooh. And, Ooh, that's and I good. think that that is, you know, something that we just all need more of is kindness and showing it every day, whether that's just waking up with a smile and, and hopefully changing someone's outlook on the day. I love that. Oh, I'm going to write that down. And I love Candice Buret says kindness is the new classy. Like, (laughs) you know, anyone can be kind and we just have to choose it. And on top of that, you mentioned us as, as followers of Jesus Christ, kindness is a gift of the spirit. So the spirit lives in us when we accept Jesus. So he enables us to be kind, especially when we don't feel like it and even be kind to ourselves. Some of us are listening right now. We're thinking, you know what? I, I have not been very kind even to myself, maybe you've beaten yourself up from what's been said over you or limitations. So be kind to yourself, know that Christ is kind to us. And uh, there's so many scriptures about kindness that are coming to my mind. So many passages about kindness, but it's, it's something that God wants us to not only receive from him, but then be a conduit of his kindness to others. And JT, you are doing that so beautifully. One of the ways you're choosing to do that is also through the JT Mesta foundation And this is to bring encouragement and joy and laughter to people with physical and learning disabilities and their families. So talk about not only that for a minute, but also how people can connect with you and get a copy of no bad days. Yeah. So, um, so the JT Mesta foundation is a foundation that I started to, like you said, give back to the medical side of things, the education side and the faith side of things too. Um, and so we've been, uh, 
we've been blessed and the good Lord has uh, given, given us amazing uh, sort of outreach and stuff that we've been able to do with the foundation and, and the ability to do that. But uh, yeah, you can find out more about the book, No Bad Days, the foundation and all, all the above at jtjester.com. And uh, the book is sold at where anywhere you can buy books uh, from Amazon, Barnes, Barnes and Noble, through my website um, and all the above. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a very fun journey with the foundation as well. Mm, I love that. Being able to, to uh, be a part of that. So, and, and guys, if you know of anyone, maybe in your own family or someone, you know, who has been, you know, wrestled with any kind of learning difference, what's been labeled as a disability. JT's talk handily about dyslexia. What we didn't mention was short-term memory loss that you've wrestled with. That's been very challenging. You talk about that in a chapter, physical yeah. disabilities. So I want to encourage you guys to get a copy of this book. It's, it's, it's accessible to read for people that are, and, and you're much younger than me, JT, but even I can picture teenagers that are struggling with maybe feeling bullied, maybe feeling like something that's different about them is, has become an, a label they're wearing. There's just so many people that I think can benefit from your message and the message of this book, whether you're a parent and you're wanting to know how to give more encouragement, or you're someone who's on the receiving end of this. I just want to encourage you to get a copy of no bad days, find out more about JT. If you're actually following me on social media, I am sporting one of his hats on my social media channels today. So you need to go check that out. You have merchandise as well, JT and Killy is on some of your hats. So (laughs) I love it. I just love the way you're inspiring so many of us to make life matter. I want to know before we close, other than Jesus, what person in the Bible inspires you to make life matter? Who's that person for you? Yeah. So there's a lot of amazing uh, individuals in the Bible and you know, uh, when it comes to Jesus and his miracles and the kindness, yeah. obviously shown throughout mm-hmm. the Bible, yeah, the leadership and the strength. Um, I have to say that, you know, David probably in the Bible is who stands out to me and yeah. his courage and, uh, willingness to do what he does for, for, um, for the good Lord. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I see that in you. I can see you saying, all right, where's Goliath? Where's, where do I go to sign up? I can see that. And he was overlooked. I mean, Samuel came to anoint a King and he basically like, you know, the dad didn't even send David out. He just sent all the other brothers. Talk about feeling belittled or labeled, or yeah. I don't even, I'm You're not right. even significant enough to be in the lineup here. I'm not even being considered, well, you know? And so, so right. I, there's so much we can learn from David's story to feel like, listen, let's not take no for an answer. Thank God Samuel was a part of David's tribe because Samuel did not take no for an answer. And he was like, no, it's none of these brothers. Do you have somebody else that you didn't bring to us? <laughs> and sure enough, David was there. David so came. He came and he was willing to do what no one else did. And that was to say, why are we going to keep living in fear like this? So I totally see you as a modern day, David JT. I'm not surprised (laughs) by that. And whatever Goliath, that's the insurmountable odds guys, whatever insurmountable odds you feel like you're facing today. I hope JT's stories encouraged you find your tribe, know that God is for you. Even when you feel like nobody else is whoever the naysayers have been, 
whatever that looks like in your life. We want you to feel encouraged and know that you can do exceedingly abundantly about all that you could even think or imagine when God is leading you. And I just want to close with a scripture that's not only meant so much in my life um, as part of my health challenges, but JT also refers to this scripture in his book, No Bad Days. And it's a few verses from Psalm 139, verse 13 through 18. And then he's going to pray for us. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I remember JT not feeling very fearfully and wonderfully made. At one point I said to God, I feel like the reject off the assembly line of heaven. And God said to me, I don't make any rejects and I don't have an assembly line. We are uniquely and wonderfully made. And so knowing that. Uh, The psalmist goes on to say, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I can't remember if David's the one that wrote Psalm 139. He might very well have been, (laughs) but the psalmist said, I know that you're, you created me. My frame was not hidden from you. And I was woven together. I was made in the secret place. Your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And I want you to, I want you to soak in these last words, guys, as we close, no matter what you're feeling today, whatever label you may have felt like you have worn, how precious to me are your thoughts, God, how vast is the sum of the way you think about me? If I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. So that's the love that we have, the kindness that God, JT, thank you for your life. Thank you for your story. Thank you you for the way you make life matter. Oh, (laughs) I feel like I found, I found a part of my tribe in you today and I, and I love it and I'm grateful for you. So thank you for sharing here to be, I'm grateful to be with you and, and for be able to spend this time with you and it is so fun that we share so many of these crazy, amazing life journeys. I mean, they yeah. are truly journeys and, uh, and it and just stories. shows that we, we don't have to quit. Don't take no for an answer, especially if yeah. God has told you something and you know, God is in it guys. Don't give up. There is victory on the other side of it. We can overcome insurmountable odds, especially when we have the help of the Holy spirit. He is our ultimate guide. We talked about Simon and porters, but we have the ultimate guide of the Holy spirit. who's never going to leave us. He's never going to lead us wrong. We're never going to take the wrong route on the mountain. We're never going to not be able to figure out how to get back down. He is our guide in life and you will not go wrong with him in front of you. So thank you. He's writing our story. (laughs) He is right. And we're so grateful for that. So the hard, even the hard days, there are no bad days. There will be hard bad days, only hard days, but let's, let's close in some prayer here. Insightful. Thank you, JT. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this amazing time with Angela and being able to share stories and just how you shape our stories every single day. And, uh, and for the people that you put in our life to help us and to guide us through those challenges and to inspire us, to grow us and, uh, and to grow us closer to you too. <clears throat> Thank you for, you know, uh, the ability to realize that when we fall, we can get back up and we can have that support system and we can have that joy in our lives to continue on to, uh, to grow and learn. And just dearly father, let us help, help us all be like David and just be that vivacious, strong and uh, willing person and uh, to share your word. And just thank you for this time with Angela and thank you for all the listeners and just bless everyone out there that uh, is 
is listening to this and sharing their story. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.